Welcome to Inside the Apple Studio, a podcast that talks with architects to learn how they use Apple products in the practice of architecture, with your host, Neil Pan. Support for Inside the Apple Studio comes from Monograph. Monograph is the cloud-based practice operations solution built for architects by architects. Learn how Monograph can help you be more productive at monograph.com. Welcome to Inside the Apple Studio. I'm excited to have an architect that received a master's in architecture from the University of Illinois in Chicago, where she also worked for two well-established modern architecture firms. She is the creator of a custom residential design firm in the Phoenix metropolitan area. Her architecture is a mixture of art and technology with her rare combination of artistic and technical skills blending together effortlessly in her work. I'm pleased to welcome architect Joanna McBride to the show. Thank you, Neil. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to get started with what inspired you to become an architect. That's an interesting question because I know most architects say, oh, I've wanted to be an architect my whole life, but that's not my story. I had no idea that being an architect was even an option. And um, so I went to an art school for my undergrad degree. And while I was there, I took some, you know, drafting classes and interior design classes. And my professors for those courses were architects and they suggested I go to architecture school. So then I thought, hmm, yeah, you know, I can probably make a living better than, you know, just like being an art, like I couldn't think what I would do with an art degree. So (laughs) sure, why not? I'll do it. And so that's how I got into it. And I'm so happy because I think it's the best job ever. I love it. That's great. You mentioned that you went to school for fine arts and you went to the School of Art Institute in Chicago and studied fine arts, as we mentioned, and interior architecture. What was it like having those two majors for undergrad? Well, actually, the Art Institute at that time, the only degree as an undergrad you could get was either a Bachelor of Fine Arts or a Bachelor of Art History. So when you get a Bachelor of Fine Arts, you can take any studio classes you want. So it's so it was so fun because I got to take, you know, whatever I want. I took a watercolor class. I took a photography class. I took a um, modeling class where we design with three in three dimensions. I took a video class where we made videos. I mean, I was all over the board, but I also did take some uh, probably the majority were interior architecture classes. So we did. We had like design, it was kind of similar to architecture school where we took, you know, we had design class and we had drafting and 3D and, um, you know, all those kind of classes. And, right. and um, yeah, so it was, it was a lot of fun. I think it was the most fun for me because I got to investigate all the different uh, types of art, you know, how to produce art and all these different mediums. So it was fun. You got a chance to explore a lot of different artistic expressions and avenues, really, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. Well, while you were there, you also had an opportunity to study architecture in Versailles and traveled to Europe. Yes. What did you learn there and what did you take from those travels and how did they influence you later in your career? That's a great question because when I, you know, when you're studying architecture or design and you're you're learning about other countries and the way they design and other time periods and the way, you know, the, the design of that time period. When you're in the country, in the building, 
it's obviously so much more, <laughs> you get so much more out of it than if you're just looking at a picture in a book. And, um, you know, because it's the whole package. I mean, you're eating their food, you're listening to their language, you're um, seeing everything in um, where it actually is, like the surroundings and, and everything. And so it, it has so much more meaning and it, um, you know, it gives you an idea of that in a place, which is what architecture is. <laughs> you know, it's a place. So, uh, so that to me was probably one of the most, you know, useful tools for learning about the different, different types of architecture. We, we were stationed in Versailles because there's an architecture school in the stables of the, of Vers the castle in Versailles. Is that right? Mm -hmm. But, and it's still there. It's still there. I went there a couple of years ago and um, I saw the sign for the school. So that's where the school was, but we did venture out. So we went to Spain, we went to Germany, we went, you know, out to different areas in France. It was, uh, yeah, it was a great experience. How long were you over there? I was there for a couple of months. It was for, it was during the summer. A summer study course. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are pretty intense, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot of work, but it was fun, you know, because we kept a journal and, um, you know, with sketch in our journal and write about each each place that we went to. So, yeah, you can, I mean, you know, those are just it's great to have that. Like I have that journal as a memory of that trip and my right. thoughts and stuff. Now, did you do this before you graduated, like the year before and then came back and finished your last year? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's fairly common. I see uh, a lot of people tend to do that, mm -hmm. spend that year abroad before their last year. Mm -hmm. So after you graduated there, you went on to go get a master's in architecture. What inspired you to do that based on your undergraduate degree? Like I said, it was my professors who, my, the, the professors that I had were architects and they uh, suggested I go to architecture school. So um, I decided to do that. And the reason I wanted to go to school in Chicago, I went to an architecture school in Chicago and I, and that was very intentional. And the reason I did that was because the, um, I didn't, you know, I, you know, I didn't know any architects. So I, besides my professors. So I figured that once I graduated, I would have connections to get jobs. Sure. <laughs> so that was like my goal. And I wanted to be in Chicago, in the city, you know, learning from the best. And so that's how I, that's how I ended up there and how, and, and also one of my professors suggested I go there as well. So was that uh, the university of Illinois in Chicago, was that close to home for you then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I grew up in a suburb called um, Oak Park, Illinois. Well, actually I grew up in river forest, but it's Oak Park and river forest is practically the same place. So I see. Okay. Now, what was that experience like going to the university, doing architecture and getting your master's there? Oh, it was great. I mean, because I think it, it was great because I was so close to home and, um, it, you know, just being in the surroundings that I was familiar with. And um, and, at, and at the time, oh, I had just gotten married. So at the time I was commuting, we lived in an apartment in Oak Park. And um, I would commute to and from school every day. So it was, it worked out really well. Wow. Okay. So you had the commuter experience for your yeah. master's then. Yep. After you received your master's degree, 
you worked for a couple of modern architectural firms. How did you get those jobs? And what did you learn from working there? So my, my very first job, I started working while I was still uh, in the master's program. So I was still a student getting my master's and um, a professor from the Art Institute who was an architect, she referred me to that job. It was Halliburton Root was the name of the firm. It's an old, older established firm. And uh, I got tremendous experience working there because um, everybody was super helpful. It was a, it was a great environment. Uh, Lots and lots of people worked there. I mean, it wasn't just architects. We had structural engineers and civil engineers and mechanical plumbing, electrical. We had marketing departments and you know, so, so I got to see the whole business of architecture and worked with really great people. And then when I was right when, as I was going to graduate from architecture school, one of my professors, so this all worked out the way I planned, right. <laughs> one of my professors from, um, from my design class, he asked, if, asked me if I wanted to go and work in his firm. And he went and spoke with the partners at Halliburton Root, and I went and worked for him. And his name was um, James Nagel, and his firm was Nagel Hartrick. So I, I got to work there, and and I loved that. I loved working there. I have to say, it's probably one of my favorite jobs ever. They um, super creative, and um, he he gave me a lot of room to be creative. Which you know, coming from an art background, that's my strength. <laughs> I wanted to be more of a designer. So yeah, so I had I was really lucky. I I was fortunate I got to work in those two places. Mm-hmm. So your plan worked out to get the connections, to get the next job, right? Or get the job after school. It all worked out as planned. Yep. So when you worked there, you mentioned design. Did you do mostly design there at each of those firms? I did, you know, and those offices, I would say my, my well, like Halliburton and Root, my prime role was to do, um, you know, drafting, like the typical job you do when you get out of architecture school. I was the draftsman, I, you know, but which was helpful because you need to learn how to do that and, and put, you need to learn how to put sets together. And it was all commercial. It was all commercial work. And then when I went to um, Nagel Hartray, they did um, commercial as well as residential. So I was working on the residential side. And, um, and I, and actually I did a little bit commercial and he would let me, um, and I say that like he would let me because it's pretty much how it is. There was a project where we were doing, uh, the walkways in the subway, you know, like all the different connectors to mm-hmm. the subways and we were designing those spaces and he gave that to me as a project to design. So I did get to do that. The, the residential projects I mostly was putting, I was drawing details. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. Well, that's always a good place to, for everyone to start. Right. And back then I, it was, yeah, it was literally drawing details. We would, I mean, that was before computers. So we like, we were drawing with, you know, on Mylar with ink pens and yeah. So what was that experience like? Oh, it was, it, you had to be careful because, because <laughs> you didn't want to make too many mistakes with the ink. It was fun. I mean, for me, let me say that it was fun for me because it was drawing and I like to draw. So I, I enjoyed it. And, and also drawing details, you learn how the building gets put together right? and where everything is in the assembly. So it was a great experience. So after working there, you moved from Chicago to Arizona. Why Arizona and what, what took you there? So my parents moved out here and I followed shortly after with my family. 
And thing about Arizona is, well, one, the weather is great. I love the weather here. And then also there are mountains here. And my favorite projects are hillside projects. I love designing houses on hillsides. Interesting. Um, in Chicago, we don't have mountains. So, <laughs> so um, it worked out because I, I really enjoy designing hillside homes. Where did that love come from? If you spent all your time in Chicago and doing projects in Chicago, residential and commercial, where, where did the love for hillside homes come from? Well, I didn't know that I loved it until I started doing it. And that was when I had my first job out here was with a designer who, an architect who did a mostly hillside homes. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. So what about hillside homes do you love so much? I, I find hillside homes kind of a challenge myself. They are. They are a challenge. And that's the fun. They're, it's like a huge puzzle because there are so many variables. You know, there's the height required, you know, like the, they're, the zoning, there's zoning, there's building codes, there's the HOA, there are height restrictions and um, pool barriers and, um, you know, site walls. And, you know, if, if they can only be so tall and there are just so many things and you have to put it together like a big puzzle. And that's fun. That's just fun. <laughs> I think it's fun. So you started your own firm just over eight years ago. What interested you in having your own firm and what have been some of the challenges and rewards with that? Well, you know, ownership is the biggest thing. I think like having, having it is mine and, and I have pure creative, you know, freedom. I don't have to have, have somebody let me design, <laughs> you know, I, I do what I want. And um, so, so those are the, the plus pluses. And then the difficult things I think for me are the business side where, you know, you have like invoicing and, and keeping track of expenses and all the bookkeeping thing. I mean, I have a bookkeeper and all that, but still, you know, you, you still have to keep it all organized. And to me, that's not the fun part of, of architecture right. is, is that, but I, I do have a really great mentor that um, she owned the firm that I worked for right before I went on my own. And um, her name's Nicole. And she was a, she still is a tremendous mentor. She um, sat down with me and went through how to run a business and gives me advice. And I can always call her and ask her any questions. So it's, it's been great to have her. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, is it just you or how many do you have employees? How, how does your firm work? I'm the president and then I have an employee. His name is Daniel and he's still in architecture school. He's been great. He's been with me a couple of years now and I hope he stays with me and grows with me. Uh, he's learned a lot since he, he started. I have some contract employees that do drafting for me. And, and so if I get really busy, I have, I have more of them. If I'm not so busy, then I don't have as many, but I mean, like a rule of thumb, I have probably between three and five people. Okay. You mentioned contract employees. Are they remote? Yeah. In fact, um, I've never even met them. Like I, if I, I've never even seen their faces, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't know them if I saw them walking down the street, that doesn't pose any problems. We all work remotely. Even Daniel and I are, we're all remote and it works out great. All of our, all of our CAD projects are on a server. We can all access them. And the, and the great thing about the CAD program I use is that I use a Mac, my Daniel, my employee, he's on a, a Windows computer, but we can both be in the same file at the same time working. Wow, that's great. 
yeah, I think that's amazing. Kevin, my, one of, he's the main uh, draftsman that I use, contract employee. He's, he's on a Mac as well. How did you find out about them? I know that's, that's hard, isn't it? I actually called my distributor, the guy that I purchased my CAD program from, and I asked him. Okay. And um, he, refer, he referred a bunch of people to me. And then Daniel had just happened to, because I was telling him I wanted to hire somebody local who, you know, could help me out at my projects, go to site visits and do stuff like that. And he said that just by chance, Daniel had called him and asked him to um, get a, a student version of the CAD program we use. And so he said, I don't know anything about him, but if he's looking for a student version, he must want to learn, you know, ARCHICAD. And I thought, great, I'll call him. <laughs> and that's how I got Daniel. Were you using ARCHICAD? You mentioned ARCHICAD. Were you using that at your previous firm? Not my most previous firm. The, the very first firm I came here in, uh, when I came to Arizona, we got ARCHICAD. He, the, that that architect, he loved maps. It's all he wanted to work on was a map. And, and ARCHICAD was the program to use on a map. So that's how that all happened. And then the last firm, they used Revit. And I don't mean to like say anything not nice about Revit, but I have to say that I do prefer ARCHICAD <laughs> so much. <laughs> it's so much easier to use. And, and, and there are other things about it that I really love and find beneficial. All right. We're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, shortly. but. I wanted to touch on your teaching. So you've taught design at Arizona State University. Right. How did that come about? At my previous job, um, somebody there had been contacted to teach and then they couldn't. So they asked me if I wanted to teach. And, and I taught in Chicago. When I was in Chicago, I did teach a little bit. So I, I, and I love teaching. It, it's a lot of fun. So that's how that happened. It was just word of mouth. What were you teaching in Arizona? I taught um, second year design studio for interior design students. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And the, the professor who normally teaches the class was on sabbatical. So they just needed someone to, to um, sit in for that. So were you able to take his approach or his materials and then just kind of facilitate that? Or did you have to create your own curriculum? Yeah, so I was teamed up with a tenure track professor, and she and I pretty much just created our own course. Oh, wow. Interesting. I mean, you know, we, we based it off of ASU's requirements, but, but we got <laughs> okay. to, you know, decide on what our projects were and where they were and all of that. So, how have you, as a teacher, taught maybe similarly or maybe have been influenced by your past experience as a student in Chicago. Have you taken any of that and brought it forward to your teaching? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, like when I was teaching, I was, I was intrigued by the students who I could tell wanted to learn. You know, there are, there are students who go through the motions and there are students who genuinely want to learn. And so I would focus a lot of energy on those students the ones who are going through the motion, I would try to um, inspire them with, you know, like explain to them the process or whatever, but they're harder to reach. You know what I mean, mm. um, yeah. when, when, when you find the student who's really motivated, I think that's, that's where you, you know, really can um, be the most use 
to those students. Right. But the process, yeah, I would say it was the same. I mean, you know, from when I was in school, um, you know, back then, you teachers were in charge and students listened. <laughs> Nowadays, it's a little different. Is there more of a dialogue between the students and the teachers, you think, today? Yeah, or or like more, I, I, I felt like the students were a little more entitled, like they felt more entitled and a little more just the fact that they showed up meant they could get a good grade. And, you know, that's not how it was back when I was in school. It wasn't like that at all. <laughs> I mean, so like, I didn't understand that mentality. It was hard to grasp, but, you know, it could have just been my class. It could have been me. I don't know. <laughs> how did you adapt to that? Um, I tried to, you know, motivate them and, and, um, and explain to them, like, I even did a, a slideshow presentation of a project, taking them through schematic design, and, you know, all the different phases of a project and, and explain a concept, you know, a party, a concept idea, and how you draw from that. And so that maybe if they understood that process, they would be more engaged in their, their design process. And um, some did, some really did. And there were a couple of students who just really went from uh, when I first saw their work, I thought, oh, goodness, to phenomenal students, you know, where they really stepped it up and learned and and caught on, you know. So you did your job. I tried. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like you were successful then, at least for some students. Yeah. When you started your process of going to first going to undergrad and then eventually going to the University of uh, Illinois in Chicago, branching out into a career in architecture, where did you think that would take you? Oh, I really, uh, I I never really had a plan. I don't think you know, like I didn't have a master plan. I just was enjoying each step of the way, kind of, and and probably was able to do that because. This is just meant for me. Like I was made. <laughs> this was just my profession. Like it was meant for me. So I think that I didn't really have a master plan. I mean, I guess I always thought eventually someday I would have my own firm and I would design my own projects. But um, really didn't think a whole lot. Like I never thought oh, I'm going to be the head of this huge firm. Like that never occurred to me. I just wanted to enjoy my work. So how has the reality of the profession been different than you might have thought? You didn't have a plan, but did you, <laughs> once you started getting exposure, especially in master, during your master's program, how has it been different over the years than what you might have thought back then? You know, some of my, some of those professors who I mentioned before, they would say to me, now, remember, architectures, it's difficult and you'll, you'll never make a lot of money and you'll be working lots of, you know, they told me the truth Sure. <laughs> and they're like, are you, now are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure this is what you want to do? So I, I guess I never really had any like misconceptions of what was going to happen. But um, I think the most like surprising thing to me was the, um, the like there were so few women you know, and it was just like walking into those big firms and seeing all those men and thinking, am I going anywhere here? Because I don't see anybody like me. (laughs) And and it is a thought you have. So, um, you know, other than that, although, you know, I I can't say that anyone was mean or ruthless or difficult to work with. I, I, you know, I always, 
I always enjoyed my jobs, but, um, but you do, you do wonder sometimes if, if, if no one looks like you is, I mean, it's, you wonder. So. Was that intimidating? A little. Yeah. It was a little intimidating and and it just made you like, for me, I don't like to ruffle feathers. So I kind of just nose to the grindstone would do my work and not, you know, try to be, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I guess you just try to fit in where you can. Have you seen that change over the years? Like as a teacher, at Arizona State, have you noticed more women in the program? You know, I do see more women in the program. However, I don't see more women in the offices. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe there maybe there are more women. You know, maybe there are. Um, but I don't feel like I feel like so even even if you do go to architecture school, you might not end up working in an architect's office and becoming an architect. So I, I wonder right. like what all those women are doing as opposed to, you know, taking the steps to become an architect. I've definitely myself have noticed a big change and, and it's been for the better uh, in the, of the profession as a whole. So I'm encouraged actually. Good. Well, we're going to take a short break and right after we'll explore a little bit more about your Mac experience and experience with Apple products right after this. Okay. How do you manage your firm? Are you using dated and clunky software? Are you frustrated using spreadsheets and never really getting a clear view of the status of your projects? Then I'm happy you're listening because inside the Apple Studio sponsor Monograph can help. Designed by architects for architects, Monograph allows you to track your time, your projects, and your budgets, and you can do it all in real time. They have a feature called Money Gant, and with this awesome tool, you can immediately see whether you are under or over budget on a project. Along with their new tool, Resource, which allows you to reallocate your team's time and track its impact on your remaining budget, you can easily adjust your projects on a week-to-week basis. Monograph makes this easy. So help support Inside the Apple Studio by checking out Monograph at monograph.com. Be proactive with Monograph. Well, welcome back. So Joanna, you've taken us through your architecture journey. Now let's discuss how you started using a Mac and eventually other Apple products. How were you first exposed to the Mac? The first job that I had out here in Phoenix, um, the 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 architect that I work for, he was all Mac. He just only wanted to work on Mac. So the first Mac that I worked on was a an iMac, the G4, <laughs> back in the early 2000s. Um, that was my first. And, and I have to say, I've never looked back. I love them. I love them too. So after that first experience, you fell in love. <laughs> and as you mentioned earlier, they were using ARCHICAD and you've continued to use that. And you mentioned earlier that all of your files are, say, on the server. Is that a a cloud server that everyone from your team accesses? Or is that like, uh, because I know ARCHICAD has like a BIM server product that you can use. Is that what you're using? Yes, that's what we're on. And all my projects are on there. And um, like I said, you know, like when, when I work with Kevin, he builds my models from the beginning. And when I work with him, we'll both be in, in there at the same time. And I'll say, can you move this a little over there or move this a little over there? And he, he's like, yep, look at it now. And then we'll just, you know, it, it's collaboration. It's wonderful. That's something that is more recent. Mm-hmm. 
it is. I don't know exactly when they introduced that feature. It's been around for a little while, but uh, we didn't have those uh, sort of abilities uh, a number of years back, at least a lot when you probably started on that first uh, iMac G4. Right. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a great tool. It, and it was especially great when COVID hit because it didn't interrupt us at all. You know? Right. Since you were already working remotely anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, since you brought up COVID, I'm curious how you've managed your construction side of your projects over the past 18 months. Um, well, it really didn't change. We we wear masks or, you know, we would wear masks and keep distance and it, um, it didn't stop us or slow us down. Well, that's great to hear. Uh, I think a lot of other architects have uh, experienced something similar, at least if they're not working in a large office, that that's usually been the more for the challenges that some folks have had. Mm-hmm. What other sort of applications or services do you use to manage how you practice architecture? Well, I use a program called Harvest or an app called Harvest. And um, mm-hmm. that we, Daniel and I, we track our time on that. And some of my contract employees actually use it as well and track their time on it. So um, that works. And then um, QuickBooks Online, I use that with my bookkeeper. And then I use uh, um, Archicad's BIMX mm-hmm. program, which allows me to have my clients look at the model and they can spin it around. You know, they can just download the app for free. They can open up their model, look at it. They can go inside their houses. They can look at it from the outside. And and that's a, it's just a, such a great tool for, you know, because a lot of clients, they can't think in three dimensions like we are trained to. So it's been a great tool. Now, is that something you send them a link to, and then they just download the app, go to that link, and then they can view their model? Yes. And all my clients have loved it so far. Is that a selling feature when you're first interviewing with somebody? Oh, yeah. I always mention it. <laughs> <laughs> it is because it's such a useful tool. I mean, you know, like if you're, it's such a difference to look at a 3D model that you can spin around as opposed to just a mm-hmm. flat elevation. You know, you can right. see this building in three dimensions. You can double, te- like double click on a door and it'll take you inside the, the space. It's, it's a great tool. I can't say enough about it. So what other sort of Apple products or services do you use? Um, well, I, you know, I have an iPad because that's the easiest to look at the BIMX model on. I have, um, I have a, a laptop and <laughs> I just bought the latest iMac, the 24 inch. I love it. Yeah, I just got it. So what color did you get? I, I got silver. <laughs> I have all these colors and I got silver. <laughs> does it go with your decor better? It does. My office is all white furniture. So, you know, I had to stay pure. <laughs> that makes sense. And I'm glad they had that uh, as a color because when they had color iMacs before, they didn't really have kind of a, a silver or graphite sort of model. Eventually they did come out with the snow and graphite models of the iMac, mm-hmm. but those initial colors were very vibrant right. and if it didn't go with your decor. That was a problem. I know. I know. I came very close to getting orange. If I was going to get a color, I would have gotten orange because that's okay. the color for creativity. So I thought if I had a color, but then I, the last minute I was like, no, I just have to get white. <laughs> Since you brought up the new iMac, and I don't want to get too technical with you, but that's a Apple Silicon device. Yes. And have you had any problems with ArchiCAD using the Apple Silicon chip? 
I wouldn't say problem, but I did have to go in and update my driver. And like I had to do, there were a bunch of steps I had to do Okay, that kind of freaked me out a little at first because I thought like you did, I thought, oh my God, I can't run ARCHICAD now. But right. the, they have great technical support. <laughs> they walked me through everything I needed to do and I have had no problems, none. Oh, that's great. And was there any sort of slowdown or does it seem faster? They said it's faster. I mean, I can't really tell. I don't do anything that advanced to know, you know if it's faster or not. I mean, I don't know. Well, that's good, encouraging to hear because one of the concerns I've heard from other architects is uh, not having a Apple Silicon native application yet. And not upgrading their machines because they're concerned about that. But your experience, at least so far, has been no issues at all. Right. And, you know, I have to thank my ignorance for that because that never would have occurred to me. I would have just gone, I just went and got it and just <laughs> hoped it worked. And it did. So, <laughs> well, fortunately, Apple thought about that part, part of the process <laughs> yeah, and uh, made it easy for you. <laughs> True. So, you mentioned earlier that you fell in love with the Mac. What's your favorite thing about using a Mac and other Apple devices? Well, oh, what I love is that, so I, on my desk at work, I have my iMac, I have my laptop, and then I have my iPad. So it's, everything's right here and my phone, my iPhone. So, you know, if I want to, if I like go to a site and take pictures and they're on my phone, all I have to do is share them with my computer. They just move right on over to my computer. You know, it's just so easy. Everything's connected and everything is, you know, even the backup backs up everything. You know what I mean? Like right. it's all synced. And to me, that's just invaluable. Yeah, that's one of the things that Apple does very well. It makes it easy to transfer information seamlessly really in the background for all between all your devices. Right. Exactly. That's what, that's my, I would say top, top things that I love about Mac. For their listeners, considering maybe using a Mac in their practice, what advice would you give them? Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Just do it. Don't think, do. They're super intuitive. I mean, like I never have to, you know, I don't know. You just never have to think you just do it's everything's so intuitive. Yeah. On Mac. When I went to the last office and they were all on Windows and worked in Revit, it was like I, I had to think about everything and it was all backwards of the way the Mac does things. <laughs> everything was opposite and I had to like go back and oh, I was so frustrated. But now I'm back on my Mac and I'm happy again. And and besides Mac Mac products, if you're a designer, they're like Apple products are just beautiful. You know, they're well-designed. They're, they're beautiful. So it's like a no-brainer. What other sort of apps do you use on your Mac? You mentioned uh, that you're using the Service Harvest and QuickBooks, but uh, do, you, do you use like Photoshop or any other sorts of uh, apps as well? I personally don't, but Daniel does. He uses Photoshop. Um, I, I do have two Microsoft. I, I use like Microsoft Word and Excel and, and PowerPoint. I do use those, uh-huh. but... I mean, that's it really. I don't, I don't venture out. I'm too busy. I don't really <laughs> do what I can do on my iPad. I do have a fun, uh, like a rendering program where I could like um, take a photograph and then I can draw on it. Cause I bought the Apple pencil, you know, I could draw on it and I could add whatever I want. And that's fun to play around with. What app is that? Ugh. I don't know. You had to ask me. Um, <laughs> That's okay. I can get back to you. I can't remember the name of it. Okay, not a problem. 
Joanna, I appreciate you sharing your Apple and Mac experience, but before we wrap this part up, I'd like you to share with the audience one app, utility, or service that you find most useful. I would say it's BIMX the, the, to offer my clients that the view of their house in 3D is is a great tool. And I, I would say probably my favorite tool to, you know, to discuss with my clients and and offer them. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's move on to our final segment, the 10 questions. The first question is, what is your favorite word? I am going to say mom is my favorite word because I love being a mom and um, I love hearing them call me mom. (laughs) What is your least favorite word? It's a contraction. So it's technically two, but it's can't. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Uh, When I have to get into design mode, I will usually put classical music on. And what turns you off? Inconsiderate people. What sound or noise do you love? I love the sound of kids laughing and playing. And what sound or noise do you hate? The alarm clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) And what's your favorite curse word? I love the F word because it's such a release when you say it and you're angry and you say it. It's just such a good feeling to get that out of your system. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Well, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a ballet dancer. What profession would you not like to do? I would never or I could never be like a doctor or a mortician or anybody that opens up human bodies. Ugh, no. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I would like to hear him say, welcome home, Joanna. Well done. Great job. So, Joanna, I'd like to thank you again for joining me on this episode of Inside the Apple Studio. Please let our listeners know where they can find you online. My website is TamminRoseArchitecture.com. My handle on Instagram is at TamminRose. And then I also have a Facebook page you can look up called Tamin Rose Architecture. Well, thank you for joining me on this episode. Thank you. Thank you, Neil, for having me. It's my pleasure. I've been your host, Neil Pan, and thank you for listening to this episode of Inside the Apple Studio. I'd like to thank my guest, Joanna McBride, for joining me, and Monograph for their support. Learn more about Monograph at monograph.com. Find the show in your favorite podcast player by searching for Inside the Apple Studio, and help support the show by leaving a five-star rating and comment in Apple Podcasts. Be sure to tell a friend about the show and remember to follow by selecting the follow button in Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. You can find me on Twitter at N-P-A-N-N or the show at Apple, F-O-R-A-R-C-H. Inside the Apple Studio is a production of Apple for Architects at appleforarchitects.com.